Welcome to the Sensibly Speaking Podcast. This is Chris Shelton, the critical thinker at large, coming at you on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, as well as with video normally on YouTube. This week we are audio only, and that is because I have a very, very special guest. Leah Remini has agreed to be on my podcast this week, and we discussed Scientology Recovery from Scientology, Season 3 of Scientology in the Aftermath, and some other goodies, too. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this show. So without further ado, here is Leah. Thank you, Leah, for being on my show. And hey, congratulations on Season 3. Thank you so much. We're very excited. Very excited. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're everyone in the community and the, every, all my friends, everybody in the ex-Scientology world are definitely excited about this because it's, uh, you know, more of an opportunity for you and Mike to, you know, speak more truth about what actually goes on in that group and, and expose more of the abuses so that we can get them to stop it. Yeah, I mean, that's really the intention, but also, you know, the thanks goes to you and to all of our, our support team. I mean, we couldn't do it without people like you and people who have been on the series to, to come on and, and be willing to tell their stories, knowing that there are going to be repercussions to their actions. So uh, the, the praise really belongs to you all um, for, for being willing to do what you do for us and um, to our uh, people who are not Scientologists who support the show and uh, support all of you and us. And to, for all of that, we are so appreciative. Big time, yeah. Well, thank you very much, and and it definitely is a group activity. None of us are alone in this. Well, no, and you know, too, uh, a point to bring up there is that you know people like us or people who are coming from this type of of cult mentality is that we are used to being in groups, and that's mm-hmm. something that you lose right away is is um, you know the sense of of belonging. You know, and, that's uh, a really yeah. good point. Because yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> as screwed up as it might be, you still belong somewhere. You still have a mission in life. Um, and so that, that is why I think these, these organizations are so dangerous, is because they speak to that in people who don't want to be alone. That very good point. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, and we do have that instinct for, for group survival. And it's, and it's unfortunate that there are people out there who are willing to take advantage of that. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Well, yes. can I, may I ask, uh, do we have any ideas yet on what can we, we can expect in season three? Anything planned you can share? Well, uh, you know, not too much, only because I, you know, I don't want to, uh, as you well know, uh, uh, Scientology will be listening to this and uh, of course. <laughs> using everything that they can to try to preempt the truth, um, at which the good news is you can't. Right, exactly. <laughs> truth, truth persists. Uh, yeah, so, um, but, but at the same time, I don't, I don't like to, to play my hand before it's time, but uh, we definitely are, are you know, focused on action and um, Scientology is not helping itself in the way that it continues to lie to the public try to attack all of us, the show, A&E its contributors um, they, they certainly don't help their cause, it only makes us go, well, we gotta continue 
That is exactly right. I'd be more than happy to stop at any time. And as soon as they stop their abuses, I, I'm, I'm sure we can. Right. You know, that, that's what was so funny. Is it, and I'm sure you've been told this, too, where uh, the people who were out but not publicly doing anything to mm-hmm. be out have contacted me and Mike, and I'm sure you as oh, well, yeah. Yeah. and said, oh, Scientology called me, and they're trying to repair my damaged relationship with them, or they finally made somebody pay me back who owed me money. And I was like, great. Like, that doesn't hurt me. I mean, yeah. this is good news to me. That's you right. Know, but their, their first instinct was to call and say, can you believe it? I go, I don't care what their <laughs> motive is. You know, if they're doing this to make all of us wrong, great. Uh-huh. Please make me more wrong. <laughs> exactly. Make things right that you've done wrong. That's right. You know, repair some of these hearts that you've damaged. Start apologizing to the children who've been molested, who are grown-ups now, and, and hurt by you. Please make it right. So that they're certainly not doing. They're doing the, the smallest things they could do. And, and the reason for that is just so that these people don't go off and talk to us. <laughs> exactly. Really Damage fun. control. But, and that's fine. For whatever uh, sorted reason you're doing what you're doing, if it heals one person from Scientology, then I'm, then I'm fine with it. It's not hurting me or anyone who is really doing this for the right reasons, which... Uh, the group that we have put together with you and everybody involved and Jeff and Mark and Claire and Mm -hmm. Mike and everybody that, you know, everybody who's um, connected to this Aaron Smith-Levitt, everybody is is trying to do the right thing by people. I I have to ask, have you have you checked out Scientology TV? (laughs) I have. I could only, well, the the um, the mobile app, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. uh, not that bright when it crashed. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> uh, and uh, and that wasn't because of high volume. Um, <laughs> but I I wa- I could only watch it for a short time because I was I, I guess I had higher hopes that they were going to do something else other than promote the lies that they've been promoting since its inception. So it's more lies, more it's just a commercial. I was only able to stand about an hour of it. Yeah, exactly. And we've already debunked all of the lies, so, you know, to keep promoting it. But that is the good news about Scientology. They know no other way other than to continue to do the same thing over and over again because L. Ron Hubbard wrote the policies are not changing. So, um, yeah, there it, was, it wasn't It was like a, a victory. I don't know. It's, it's a mixture of sadness still, Chris. I still can't. Mm-hmm kind of wrap my mind around why you continue to defraud people. Uh, why would you want to take their lives from them and their money and their children and their mothers and their fathers and their brothers? Like, why? Why? I know it's weird, isn't it? It's hard for people who have empathy and compassion um, to get their to get into that headspace of somebody who would do that to people out of avarice or greed or or power or whatever it's and it's it's difficult to understand yeah see now you and i know and and, and scientologists who are listening know that we as scientologists or, or even seorg members low level um really believed in those statistics we believed what was being told to us we believed we were helping whereas david miscavige absolutely knows the truth 
to say flippantly for money, you know, of course they're doing it, it's for money. Most Scientologists believe that they're helping. Most Sea Org members are not privy to the information that David Miscavige has. True. He knows those statistics are untrue. That's right. I, I personally think that he stopped believing in the subject, but that's just supposition on my part. But I, I, based on how he acts and what he does, that's, I think he knows it's you know, not, not a thing. Well, I believe he thinks it's not a thing, but I also believe that he believes it's not a thing because of the group, the mm -hmm. incapable group mm -hmm. that works underneath him. Yes. He's constantly surrounded by SPs, he says, yes. Correct. I mean, he told me that face to face. Right. That's right. So he, he truly believes that 99.9% .9 of the organization is incapable. And that is quite something for someone who's supposed to be leading a, a religious movement whose whole philosophy is that anyone can be bettered. Correct. I mean, if you have the technology to fix every everything in a human, mm -hmm. why hasn't it worked? Exactly. And that and that is uh, you know, and he doesn't even try to get those around him, much less the people at the lower levels of the C organization, to avail themselves of Scientology. He's just, he just works them and works them and works them. You know, that was, that was, uh, I had right, first-hand experience when, of that. Yes, and then when, when, you know, the real statistics are given to him, as they are every single morning, mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, two people were, made it to this point in Scientology, and he purposely manipulates those numbers to football fields and if you took the pages yes. that this one read and times <laughs> it by you know, this this is you know, this is what I what I'm trying to say. Scientology is run as a business. Right. And I do not know why the authorities are not looking at it that way. I, I, I yeah big business. It's even a, I mean, it's even a full-on business model with sales and fixed donations for services that are might as well be, you well, know. Well, to pay before you go. That, that's, that's right. I, I don't know why people are not grasping that when they talk about beliefs. I don't care what you believe. Here's the thing. <laughs> you cannot get a service in Scientology without being routed to a sales office. They have sales offices like they do at car dealerships. Yep. Yep. I can't take the car. <laughs> That's right. Let me think of it. Very different from me going into a church, a real church, mm -hmm. and praying, and no one's saying, what's your name? You can't come in here mm -hmm. unless you pay for this religious service. That's right. So it should be treated as a business. Precisely. And as a business. But, um, yes, that, I mean, this is really where the focus needs to be. Um, and, uh, you know, as you know, they, they continue to um, cry religious bigotry and do the same number. But, you know, now, when, yeah. when, when, you're, when your so-called religion is hurting people and stealing people out of hundreds of thousands, turning into millions, turning into billions of dollars in assets, and it's hurting people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It needs to it definitely really, needs to be put down. That's right. Well, let me ask you a couple things. Um, yeah. uh, moving off of that for just a sec. Um, there was this rumor for a little while, and I and I figure, uh, you know, I might as well take advantage of this opportunity to ask you directly. Sure. Is there any truth to the idea that you might end up also doing a show or something connected to talking about other destructive cults or groups? Yes, I am. And uh, the, the, the only reason why I haven't come out and outright talked about it is because at this stage it is we're in the... the investigating stage we're seeing where this can fit in but definitely uh through the series many people have reached out to me Mm -hmm. and mike and i'm sure you guys as well oh yes and saying you need to look at this you need to look at that this is very similar to scientology and would you help us and so you know this is something listen you know a lot of people i go back to this a lot of people who are in scientology are in scientology because they had something in their heart that wanted to help people and wanted to leave this planet a little bit better than than before, and that is at the heart of everyone who who gets into this is they want to help, and they give up their lives because they want to help. They give up their money, they give up their children, they give up because they think they're doing it for a better cause. That part of me, that part of you, that part of many Scientologists and people in organizations like it still have that heart that was something that was innate in all of us that had nothing to do with Scientology or whatever organization you were affiliated with that is still who you are and so this speaks to me whether it's Scientology or similar cults mm-hmm. when people ask me for my help I always want to help them it doesn't matter what it is if it's me helping you move furniture me helping you decorate your house me helping you with your marriage like that is just the person that I that I've always been. I do. I I do have plans to do something um, exposing other cults like this, other dangerous organizations, um, Goliaths of you know, <laughs> the <laughs> world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they should exist. Maybe they shouldn't exist. Maybe they should exist in a different way. But I'm going to answer the call to people who ask for my help, whether that's tomorrow or next year. But it definitely is in the works. Awesome. That is really good news. I know for me and a lot of people, because I've, I've, of course, on my channel, I've spoken with members of other former groups, you know, of other yeah. groups and uh, yeah. former members. And, uh, and the stories are just as tragic and just as horrible. And the abuses can be just as bad as, as what we've encountered. And a lot of them have the same policy. Mm-hmm. Something has to change. Something has to change. We cannot have laws that protect abusers under the guise of religion it just can't happen like i said i don't care what you believe in you know if you want to talk to a watermelon and pray to it i really don't give a crap mm-hmm. but where it comes to protecting our children that's a different story and our government should be protecting our children our laws should protect our children from getting hurt i couldn't agree more thank well, you <laughs> well, let's let's get personal for a bit and talk about recovery from Scientology. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of our timeline, you and I were both involved with Scientology for about the same amount of time, and, and we got out around the same time, and both of us managed to get out with our families intact, but we lost a lot of other people who were really close to us as, as friends or even closer. 
Yes. You know, and obviously one way of dealing with this is to talk publicly about it. And you've, I mean, uh, you've just done an amazing job at this and you even won an Emmy doing it. <laughs> but I think I sometimes, awards, yeah. But it's not about awards. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I, okay, of okay, course. Okay. No, no, of course. But it's, okay. but, but it is a really good acknowledgement from the, totally. the community on that. Well, you know? especially, especially what it, it, Hollywood, you know, yes. because, um, there was a time when people were scared to acknowledge it. They would call you privately or acknowledge mm-hmm. you privately. Uh, but for us to stand up there, you know, and get this these awards from our peers, from people in Hollywood, you know, really, really meant a lot. Absolutely. It, really, it still means a lot. Absolutely. I think that um, sometimes people can forget that celebrities are real people, too. And right. You know, so I wanted to kind of ask, you know, what about Leah Remini, the person? How have, how have you dealt with the loss and the transition out of Scientology thinking and acting and all of that? Well, for me, it's it's not an easy thing. It's not it's not something that I'm over. You just mm-hmm. don't get over it. You know, I, you know, on your computer, you often you know look through pictures, and you know, you're, I'm trying to find pictures of my daughter certain time because I want to do collages for her and things like this, right? Mm-hmm. And I come across pictures of my friends that I was raised with and my daughter's friends, you know, we, my friends I have babies with at the same time and, mm-hmm. you know, there's pictures of them on Christmas and Easter and, th- you know, things that I celebrated here at my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, uh, it's like, wow, the, to know this person was like family to me and for them to have picked Scientology over me, knowing me, knowing that I was there for them when they needed me, when it had nothing to do with Scientology. At times when it did have to do with Scientology and I stuck my neck out for them Mm -hmm. when they were in trouble with their church. And uh, I just, you know, financial help, uh, emotional help, every, you know, for 30 years, you know, you go, what? Yeah, it's very sad. It's just not something that you just get over. Mm-hmm. It's just not something you get over. My relationships that I had in the in in Scientology with even the members, the Sea Org members, the the staff. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, celebrities get very close to their Scientology handler. Mm, right. And you know, my handler was at every birthday of Sophia's. Wow. At every important event of my daughter's, you know, she was, she doesn't remember them, thank God, but <laughs> she'll ask, like, where's, why doesn't Aunt Catherine talk to us? You know, and it's like, I have to say, well, she can't talk to us, baby, because she's a Scientologist, and her response is, I don't understand. I go, right. Yep. You shouldn't understand it. Yep. You well, should never know it. You should never rationalize it in your little mind. Exactly. It's not right. It's not right. So to answer your question, it's a healing process that it could take forever. You know, I, mm-hmm. and you know, you and I have talked about this before, you know, mm-hmm. I've noticed that not a lot of Scientologists, and I don't know if this is true for other cults, don't really want to receive help after this, mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. leaving something like this. And, 
I'm one of the rare people that are that are in therapy and has been in therapy, but I've noticed even when talking to my therapist, there's certain things I haven't revealed to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm very kind of protected still because I'm like, you're going to use this against me. You know what I mean? Like I still oh, have yeah. that, you know, or to admit that I'm a victim. I mean, one time she said something about being a victim and, and maybe most people don't know this, but Scientologists <laughs> do. Um, and other people familiar with this kind of um, theology would know that there's the word victim in Scientology is probably the worst thing you could ever call yourself. They don't allow you to be a victim. Mm-hmm. Even if you are something horrible happens to you and you can tell me please stop me Chris if you feel that I'm exaggerating you are raped or molested Mm -hmm. or abused mentally physically in any way if you get hit by a car Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. it will be your fault that's right you pulled it in they will say you did something to have that happen to you now most people go that doesn't make any sense Right. How how is a child responsible for being molested? Mm-hmm. A child. Mm-hmm. Well, in Scientology, they will take it back to another lifetime because mm-hmm. Scientology believes in other lifetimes. That's why they have really no importance on family because they they literally have said this to my face. Well, she's your daughter this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, Angelo, I mean, you could divorce Lee. I mean. She's just your wife this lifetime, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not a bit like, these things are not important to Scientologists, and that's a fact, that's not my opinion, that's a fact. That's right. Well, I have to, I have to sit here and admit that when I was a Sea Org member, I said those things to people. Babe, so did I. You know, yeah, it's not like. I didn't say to a child, (laughs) thank God I've never been. No. Experience, but when it came to marriages, yeah, like, ah, okay, just move on now, would you? Yep. If oh yeah. Death, if there's a death in the family, if you are crying more than ten minutes over it, they literally go, "What is happening?" Mm-hmm. Like the person's already off getting another body, Leah. What you're dramatizing? You're ma- like I'm being dramatic. Mm-hmm. For being still upset that my grandmother died twenty years ago, I still miss her. I still get sad about it. You know what I mean? But if I was to say that to a Scientologist, they would look at me like, what is all, chick? Get your crap together. Are you serious? That's right. Your grandmother's probably your daughter. Like, what's the matter with you? That's right. Right? And, yeah, that's right. So there's no, so the word victim, so, oh, let me, let me just clarify that point. So they will, they will take a child like a person, you know, if they're 16 and they're getting auditing or whatever, 13, doesn't matter. And they say, well, let's get any, do you get any kind of pictures from another lifetime where maybe you did this to somebody? Maybe you, you know, could you understand that you were a man or you were a woman who maybe molested a child? Like this is the stuff that they say to people mm-hmm. so that you're never allowed to be a victim. That's right. So the whole point of it is to say to you, you've done it too, so get off your high horse and get over this. Mm-hmm. We're not saying it's right. Like, you probably shouldn't have done that, but, like, that shouldn't have happened to you, and we'll work, you know, we'll fix that person within Scientology, but hopefully they'll get better. Mm-hmm. But, because I don't want to say that they think it's okay. I don't think they think it's okay. Mm-hmm. But no. they certainly don't think you've been a victim of a crime 
of which the person should be reported to the police for. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Do you want to speak so, to their ideas on sympathy? Right. So when you're when you're training, a lot of your um, because you have to go in every single day as a Scientologist. You you have a minimum of two and a half hours a day of of uh, training in Scientology, which means you're administering, learning to administer Scientology to another, mm-hmm. or you're getting counseling. So you're doing one or both every day as a Scientologist every day. Mm-hmm. And one of the training routines that you have to do as somebody who would administer Scientology is not to give sympathy mm-hmm. while somebody's telling you a horrible story about themselves. So quite often when I was like drilling this, practicing this, I would cock my head to the side. You know, mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, you know, and I'd make that face. Like, <laughs> oh, baby. You know what I mean? Yep. And every time they'd say, hey, what are you doing? Yep. Well, get Wipe that face off. Like, your mm-hmm. sympathy face. Stop doing that. You can't give people sympathy. It'll make them sicker. Right. They'll continue to be on the victim train if you make that face. That's why a lot of Scientologists, we, you know, a lot of times we were called robots. Mm-hmm. Because we were trained to not show any emotion. That's, that's so very purposeful. That. That's right. Very purposefully trained. Yeah, so imagine, what, what do you train on, on a communications course? Five? What do you start on a communications course? Oh, yeah, I was doing, I was personally doing TRs when I was five years, actually five or six years old. Right, so yeah. TRs, is, TRs is called training routines. So That's they're basically right. like routines that you would train every day to learn to be a Scientologist. And it's in this communications course that, every, you know, is on their website is so innocuous as something. Just learn to communicate better with people. No, it's teaching you how to be a robot and it's mm-hmm. teaching you how to be uncaring, not only for another, but towards yourself. Mm-hmm. You learn to untrain yourself to be human, compassion. You don't have these things as a Scientologist, that compassion and empathy. That's right. And this is just not something we are... We are reprimanded for giving people sympathy, for having sympathy. It was, a, so, it was a full two years after I got out of the Sea Org before it even started dawning on me that maybe there were some emotional problems. Yes, honey. You know, did you feel you know, that way? I, yeah, but listen, you and I both know, and, and people who've been in the Sea Org, you know, we're trained to be hardcore, mm-hmm. if not... What, what they teach in Scientology is to be abusive. Mm-hmm. It's abusive. Like, you understand, if you ever saw a Scientologist talking nice to another Scientologist, you'd go, oh, there, that's a PR action. Because <laughs> behind the scenes, we would destroy each other. Mm-hmm. Destroy each other. The way we talk to each other. Now, understand, if you're learning that from age five, you know, I'm learning now, like, you can't talk to people like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, because right. I'm just learning that. I'm, I'm damn near 50, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm just learning this is not appropriate in the real world. <laughs> right. If, if you want people, you know, it, but it's not coming from a bad place. It's literally coming from a place of a learned bad behavior. And it only, it, it really started changing when I started telling my therapist, things that I was getting into in my daily life, like how I'm talking to people, why I got into an altercation with this one, you know, and she was like, okay, are you used to talking to people? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, because you need to take a minute before you, you know what I mean? And I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. What do you mean, take a minute? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? We have things to do. That's like, right. Taka taka, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's the Scientology way. You that's know, right. like if, you're, if your mother dies or you're... If somebody dies, it's like, hey, man, get on with it. We have a planet to clear. It's, they don't have time to sit around and cry. Even go to a funeral. They won't. They don't look kindly at those things. Are you mm. taking time off to go mourn a body? Mm-hmm. The person's already off getting another body? That's what you're mm-hmm. wasting? Come on, man. Like, there's no... There, so, so to answer your question, Chris, it takes time. But you mm-hmm. have to you have to know that you have been a victim. And it's okay to say that you were a victim and that bad things happened to you. And guess what? It was not your fault. I don't care if it's a strictly religious family. I don't care if it's Scientology or the Jehovah's Witnesses or some other thing. Mm-hmm. It was not your fault what happened to you. Right. And this is something that people really need to start to own and heal from it and talk to people. And it's not just Scientologists that have problems going to receive help. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to people in your everyday life that were never in Scientology and you say, hey, why don't you see a therapist, you know, talk to somebody. I'm not sick. Right. That's right. The stigma of that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My own daughter said that to me. When she said, who is this woman, you know, who are you talking to? And I said, oh, she's mommy's therapist, you know. And she goes, are you sick? Mm-hmm. I said, well, some would say yes, Sophia, but <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> it, you know, when you when you reach out to people and you talk to people, and, and it could be a friend. It doesn't need to be a therapist. Your first step doesn't need to be a therapist. You know, your first step could be to a friend. Yeah, family member. Allowing, yeah. Yes, and it's just allowing yourself to say, I'm sad. I miss it. I miss the group that I once had. It's okay to say that. Mm-hmm. If we're, like, I, I, I used to really struggle in the beginning with, you know, well, there were things in Scientology that I believed, and I would go, then, then I'm wrong. If, if, if that's true, then I'm wrong. Then could that be that I'm, you know? Yep, yep. And, and you go back and forth until you go, you know, the therapist smartly said, just because as a whole, Scientology is you know, damaging and, and a harmful organization doesn't mean there aren't little things in it mm-hmm. that are useful. You don't have to throw everything out that you believe if it was a core belief of yours. You know, that's what I find a lot of times is the pendulum swing. Yes. I watch all these shows about yes. people leaving cults and stuff, and it breaks my heart because I go, well, if you're leaving, you know, the compound and you're going outside into the real world and you're getting into drugs and you're being promiscuous, you know, you still have core beliefs. Your behavior is not dictating. Your behavior is a symptom of something, right? It's not who you are. But you still have a core belief. Like, I don't want to be promiscuous. That's not who I am, right? Mm-hmm. But yet you were doing that. But that's because you were the pendulum swing you had you were in a prison and now you want to go all the way the other way that's fine but a lot of times they go right back because they see their behavior as something that they didn't want to do and they're like well you see I, I guess I do belong back there yeah because that's, yeah. I don't agree with my behavior and so maybe they were right that the only way to be is in within that those confines but there's a middle ground it's like mm-hmm. okay you gotta go buck wild for a second I understand but come back to your core beliefs 
that doesn't mean you need to be part of an organization to keep the decent side of who you were or what you agreed in, what you agreed with. That just happens to be common sense, right? We can all agree. Nobody really wants to get up in the morning and go, oh, I want to lie. I want to be promiscuous. I want to cheat. I want to watch sport. You know, nobody wakes up Mm -hmm. trying to go against their morals. But but know what your morals are. That's you know, a, that's that's a really, yeah. Uh, it's like, I didn't really know what I believed in because Scientology told me what I believed. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't believe in, in um, same-sex marriage. They don't believe in this. They don't believe in that. They don't believe it's right for a man to be with a man and a woman to believe. They, they don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You see, the mm-hmm. difference between them and real religious organizations is that they'll say what they believe. Precisely. And that's they'll a very good point about, you know, staying true to the core. Correct. Yeah. I yes. never agreed with that. I never agree with that. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that for a fact. I don't agree with it. Good. I really don't. I don't mm-hmm. agree with with what Scientology believes. Right. About that subject. I don't. Right. And I never have. And I never hid that fact. I always said, hey, I believe two people who love each other love each other, regardless. I'm not down for that. Yeah, I wish I could could say the same thing. I actually fell hook, line, and sinker for it. But it was one of the first things I addressed when I got out and learned how wrong I had been about that. But you know what, Chris? How far have you come? Oh, Night and day. Because let me tell you something. There are people who are never in Scientology who, <laughs> and that's okay too, who, mm-hmm. who don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine too. That's okay. But how many people in life can say, I changed my mind? Right. I, I was super judgmental towards something and I, I don't know that I actually believed it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not believe something after 50 years. It's okay for you to change your mind. Big time. I think that's the essence of, of, of why I push critical thinking so much is for exactly what you just said. Right. And critical thinking, which, yep. you know, is a play on words in, in Scientology. You're, <laughs> yes. not allowed, you're not allowed to be a critical thinker, right? If you're that's critical right. of anything, um, you, you've, you're going to be punished for... Uh, by the way, you could be critical of anything that's anti-Scientology, but you cannot be critical of anything in Scientology or right. Scientologist. That's right. Or not even not even any joking about it. No, you can't joke about Tom Cruise, David Miscavige, mm. L. Ron Hubbard. That no jokes are to be had. That's right. There, you're considered an enemy. Um, but critical thinking is something that that. Um, that Scientologists are not afforded, which is why a lot of questions I'm sure have asked of you as well. Well, if they're not allowed to be on the internet, how are they on the internet? Mm-hmm. Or don't they have access to the internet? Yes, they have access to the internet. They're not allowed to be on anything anti-Scientology. Well, how would they know? They have free will. No, they don't. They have been trained to believe that if they look at things that are anti-Scientology, they will die. Mm-hmm. They will get sick. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, they know they will be severely punished for it, of which they have to pay $3,000 for, what is it, $500 an hour. Yeah, that's right. To confess their sins of looking on the Internet. Exactly. Then they're going to pay for sitting in a room, having people tell them that these are all lies. That's right. 
I, I personally know a guy who literally paid out $10,000 because he had looked at one anti-Scientology website in a quote-unquote moment of indiscretion and he was asked probably something on the order of 20 questions about that indiscretion and yeah. got in all kinds of trouble. Right. Right. So you learn to shut your mouth and you really honestly believe that they are lying. So right. why look at it? Exactly. You know, it's, it's the pharmaceutical companies that are putting out this propaganda against Scientology. It's the enemies of Scientology because we're winning. And when we're winning, the crazy people of the world like me and Mike and you and Aaron mm -hmm. and Mary Kahn and the Headleys, we are just crazy. <laughs> right. We're just crazy because they're winning and they're expanding. And we're going insane because of it. That is what they believe. That is what we believed when we heard it. Mm -hmm. And I was confronted many times, Chris, by people I trusted and people I respected saying, hey, have you read a book called Blue Sky? Mm -hmm. have you, hey, have you? And I was like, oh, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Hey, have you heard about people getting beaten up at the gold base mm -hmm. in Riverside County? I mean, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. That's such App, you know, like I was doing the same thing and I wasn't looking. Precisely. I could look if I wanted to. It's it's exactly what the book said in the movie. It's the prison of belief. It couldn't have been more put more perfectly. That's right. Per exactly. Lawrence Wright really just was just a gem of genius on that one. Yes. Well, and let me ask you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys. No, no, okay. no, I was going to say, I was going to just switch topics for a second here. I wanted to ask, in terms of the recovery and all that, we've got this uh, wonderful new thing set up called the Aftermath Foundation, and I was curious, what's, what's your relationship with that? Well, Mike and um, uh, Mark and Claire, oh, oh, I forget who exactly was involved, Aaron. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and Luis uh, Garcia. Yeah, Garcia's and... Um, it, they wanted to start a foundation that did help people to recover with whatever they needed. You know, I don't even think they are really prepared for what might come their way, but I just love that they wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. um, what that's going to be, I mean, I just hope that we get more people out and people know that there's a foundation there to help them. There's resources there. And a lot of people ask us, like, where could they go? You know, this is a very small community mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. But it's very mighty. Yes. You know, it's like, yes. hmm. you know, Mark and Claire helped somebody and then... Uh, Mary Khan helped Mike, and then Mark mm -hmm. helped Mike, and mm -hmm. Marty Rath. But like, do you know what I mean? Like everybody until Marty has gone, you know, went yeah. crazy, and now he's. And I actually feel really bad for Marty, especially if there's a child involved in his insanity. Yep. Um, it, it because it's it's just it's insane. But anyway, um, so this this foundation was set up to support those people, and there are people who have continually helped people who come out just on their own, just out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how this whole, you know, um, how everybody kind of got back on their feet was through other Scientologists who left. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. like, hey, you can come stay with me. Okay, I'm going to get you a job. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to get... 
you know, and everybody kind of got on their feet from this like core group of people that originally got out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so um, the aftermath is there for that, so that that it's not falling on one person who's doing well in the outside uh, to, to continue to help people who come out and don't really have any resources. Awesome. Yeah, I think I really validate the effort, and I'm of course happy to help in any way I can as well. Thank you, honey. And and a lot of our people who support us you know, say, what can we do? What can we do? You know, mm-hmm. and if they want to donate, if they want to, um, you know, we always tell them, you know, call your congressperson, um, you know, write that you want Scientology to look into, look into the IRS, tell them that, that you want their tax exempt status revoked. Like, there are things that people can do. It's just that it's not always easy. As you well know, we're doing a show and it's not easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, if people want to help in any way they can, this is, this is a way, another way for people to do something, to feel that they've, they've, they've helped. But I always say you've helped enough by supporting the show and supporting the shows of other people and the movies of other people who are exposing them, you know, to support their websites, to support their, their podcasts. Um, so there's many ways, you know, we're all, we're all connected and we're all so supportive of each other's work. There's not one person who has, you know, well, this is my thing. This is all of our thing. Exactly. Exactly. I, um, and I'll be posting a link to the Aftermath Foundation website on the show notes here so people can check that out. Thank you. Listen, I want to make sure that I didn't, uh, evade your question successfully. (laughs) Do you think that I, that I answered your question about getting help? Oh, I do. No, okay. I think we covered. I think we covered that well. And you mentioned, you know, being in therapy. I did want to ask. I did want to circle back to one question on that, which yeah. was based on the experience you've had personally for yourself over the last couple of years. What would you say to people who are coming out of Scientology or other high control groups as far as any direction they could get or or go in? I think the important thing is to to have a network of people. That don't that know your story because it's very hard to talk to somebody who wasn't in that organization. You you end up spending a lot of hours mm-hmm. kind of laying the sound. You know the well. Let me explain this first, <laughs> right. so you can understand how screwed up I am over it. You know, um, so it's important to connect up with people who were in uh, in in the organization in whatever it is. If it was a gang, you know. If it was another cult. If it was. In, you know, even just a belief system. You know, you need to be around people who understand how you're feeling, yeah. um, because they're going through similar things. And uh, you, you talking about it over and over again, it does help. That is why you have to have a network of people, because you know the people who weren't in are, are going to go. Okay, enough now. Like, uh, how many times do I got to hear this? <laughs> right. right. That's but right. People, but people who heard it go, I get it, man. I totally get it. We're still talking about it. I get it. I mean, it's four years later. I'm still talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm but, doing a show about it. That, that's right. And it's not a matter of can't you just move on because you know it, it that that clearly comes from people who who don't really get what the trauma is about. Correct. You know. Correct. And so I would say that first thing is to get a little network of people who understand, good, who've been through it. And I would say start reading books mm-hmm. of people who have left, so that you can have your own epiphanies in your own time. Mm-hmm. Good. And spend time on the internet. You know, look look at things on both sides. You know, I would say just you know, and keep your core beliefs. Just because there was a belief 
or two that you agree with doesn't mean that you have to go back to it or or throw it away completely if it didn't work for you that's okay too mm-hmm. but find something to believe in i feel you know kind of deserting the whole sp- spiritual side of you um sometimes leaves you empty you know i believe people have to have faith in something and you know you got to find some faith and you restore your love for yourself and others and you know look at other stories look at other belief systems look at just read read and educate yourself where you might have been closed off and closed-minded to a group of people or another religion I would say open your mind you don't have to make any decisions guess what you don't have to do anything (laughs) that's right you don't have to think any way no one is saying you need to have this back to me in 24 hours you can come to your own decisions when you feel like it that's right you can take your time doing it that's right but educate yourself you know i read a book about cults Mm -hmm. and i remember one of the first things that it said is you know here's the checklist and one of the things you're going to do is reject this as something that you did that you were in because it's very hard for a person to acknowledge that they were taken. And you'd have to admit, was I that dumb? That's not an easy thing to say. Like, why, you know, and, and I'm not being facetious. I don't think you were dumb. I don't think I was dumb. I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us were children when we got in, but that doesn't matter. I was an adult when I stayed in. Mm-hmm. But I was fully indoctrinated and brainwashed at that point. But I was really on the cusp of like giving up everything for Scientology Mm -hmm. you know I had given Mm -hmm. them my savings from King of Queens I had I was ready to refinance my house that I owned wow outright I was ready to just give it all up I was fully in like I was there man I was right at the moment of all in and it's hard to admit Mm -hmm. wow I and that's what it says in the book. You're going to reject the fact that you were in a cult. You're going to say, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That, but the, my cult wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. And you have to really confront it, man. You really got to just look at it and go, I was. And I guess what? I was a victim. I was a victim. Yep. That's right. I was taken by this. I was taken by this because I believed it was bigger than me and I was doing good things. And I was sacrificing and willing to sacrifice everything because... I believed I was doing good for mankind. You know, so I would say read these books. Open your mind up to other things and find faith again and be good to yourself. Like start to do the things you haven't done. And, you know, we I don't know if you like this, Chris, but I'm very insular, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the Scientology taught thing, you know, is Mm -hmm. to stay in a very small group, stay protected, stay home. You know, like mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, um, I'm like that. It's, it's taking every piece of me. I have to actively work on going somewhere with my family. It's, I don't, I still have the mentality that I don't deserve a vacation. Right. <laughs> yes. Why would I do that? Right. Because in Scientology, you're taught, what are you talking about? What are you, you're going on vacation, the world is falling apart? You're buying yourself a nice car or mm-hmm. getting yourself nice things. Where's your head at, man? Mm-hmm. To this day, that still is in the back of my head. 
Yeah. yeah. It seems so... Yep. The word they use is dilettante. You know, they'll call you yep. a dilettante if they find you laying on a beach somewhere. That's right. You know, and it's like the, the, the furthest I've ever gone was like, you know, a couple of days in Hawaii. And I was like, we got to get back. We got to get back. And I was yes. like, get back to what? Get back to what? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, my daughter wants to travel. My daughter, thank God, is not growing up in this mentality. You know, she wants me to take her to Ireland and, and over Bora Bora. And, you know, and I'm like, what? I have a fear of flying, man. Are you serious? Like, you know, but I'm like, God, this kid's going to teach me how to get out of this. You know, yeah, this mentality that I don't deserve it, that I'm scared, that I'm going to be punished for being happy. You know, there's all those things like happy, being happy. It's like, I don't, who knows what that means? What is What does that mean? Yeah. And. You know, it's really about moments, you know? It's about, I'm, I'm the happiest when I'm helping. I am the happiest when I'm yeah. helping. Yeah, me too. And, you know, that's a big part of who we are. And uh, that's, that's why I, I do what I do. I Even, you know, doing comedy, you know? If I'm making somebody laugh, I feel like I'm helping them in some way. And then in the end, it gives back to me. So really, it's selfish. Because it, it makes me happy to see you happy. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm happy when you're happy. That's right. You know? I have and to it, say again, this is we're, we're we're so paralleling on this. It's really actually quite funny to me. Is it? Because you yeah. you have the same um, yeah. problems. You don't yes. go out. You don't like to get yourself things, or you feel like you're you're hurt. You're doing something bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I am uh, have yet to actually take. Uh, a vacation for longer than a couple days and all the work I've been doing over the last few years. Okay, so why? So is it the same reason I'm telling you? Yeah. That you feel guilty? There, that, was, that, that has been a factor. Yeah, it right. actually has. Um, I'm, I'm getting over it and in fact I'll, I'll probably be doing something vacation-wise uh, in the not-too-distant future, but it was a real force of will right. to overcome that thinking. And you know what's so funny, Chris, is when I went on ho to Hawaii with my daughter and my husband mm -hmm. and my friend Cheryl and her family, I was like literally calling my mother going, Mom, like, can you believe I'm in Hawaii? She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, but no, but Mom, I'm like in Hawaii. I'm like, Mom. Yeah, right. And I was like, she's like, okay, Leah, I got it. Like, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? I was like, but it is. No, you don't understand. <laughs> yes. And it's like, I took a road trip, right, with my mom and my daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was almost, like, more acceptable, because I was like, well, I'm in a car, so I'm somewhat <laughs> miserable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That was like a punishment to myself. <laughs> like, well, just to the Scientology gods, like, I'm not that, this is not luxurious. So right. don't punish me for, you know, it's like crazy, right? I totally, it is completely, <laughs> yes, it's just so, whack. yes, Chris, I actually really want to know all the anxiety that comes along with your trip, because I literally talked to my therapist about this, going, I want to go on a trip, and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, and work is in the way, or and I'm like, no, no, I have some time off. And she literally silent, like she doesn't understand what's the problem. Right. I'm like, really, just pick up the phone and just go. Like, <laughs> like he was talking about it. I'm like, it's so crazy to me, and I don't. 
And what I do, when I do allow myself to be happy, and I do allow myself moments of just being in the present moment, because that's another thing of mm-hmm. an unhealthy headspace, mm-hmm. is never being where I am. Like as a Scientologist, or as a person who's in a cult, or any kind of extreme thinking, the whole time someone's talking to you, or the whole time you're somewhere, all you're thinking is this person's lost. If they only had the real answers. Right. It would just be more this, or more that. This person's totally lost. And if you're somewhere where you're having fun, you're like, you don't deserve this. What are you doing? You're wasting time. You're not doing anything good for the world, you lazy ass. Mm-hmm. You're sitting here drinking a Mai Tai, you fat ass. Like, <laughs> these are the things that are going through my mind. Mm-hmm. And I am never just fully present with somebody, allowing them to just tell their, whatever they're, t- you know, as a Scientologist, I used to just think they're lost. They need Scientology. They need Scientology. Instead of just listening to a friend. That's right. Without judgment, without thinking what my next move should be, how am I going to get them in, or any of those things. Like, I'm really working on that. And, you know, I once went to Montana on my road trip, on my, my, um, mm-hmm. horrible road trip. And, uh, I, it took me two days to just kind of be there, just to be there. You know, yep. have you ever been to Montana? I, I have driven through it, yes. Okay. When they say God's cut, like, you know, you go, mm-hmm. oh, it's God's cut. Okay. Uh, for, for two days, I kept hearing a car pull up. Like, I was like, okay, this place is haunted. I'm going crazy. I keep hearing a car pull up on the gravel. Like, I had this very fixed idea that it was a car mm. somewhere. Mm. And we're in the woods. Like, we're in the woods in a cabin. You know, and I was like, this is crazy. This is some deliverance stuff is about to go down. <laughs> and I'm not down for any of this. And I was thinking, how do I protect myself? My nails will work as a scissor or a knife. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm planning how my, my, my attack back, my defense. And, you know, after two days, I literally just, I don't know, I just got there. And my, I, I looked up, and it was the trees, just the leaves just going back and forth was making that noise, you know? And it was wow, like, yeah. It was, it was like not a mystery. It was just the trees. And I just was like, I literally sit there and I was like, but it took me two days to just kind of connect up with the sounds going on around me. And I would sit there at the Blackfoot River and I was just in awe of just simple simplicity. Yes. And there's my daughter playing, you know, playing with my mom by the water. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it literally made me cry. And I was like, these are the moments, you know, they talk about happiness and we're mm-hmm. searching and searching. It just seeing my daughter play with her grandmother, you know, in nature. I was like, these are the moments, people. We need to get out of all this ridiculousness of fighting ideas and who's right and who's wrong. And, you know, we just need to live our lives. Whatever that mm-hmm. means for you, it means for you. That might not be something you're down with, you know, is going to Montana at the black, but it was the most beautiful thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. I never seen a waterfall. I mean, I went to Portland. I was like, there's this waterfall? <laughs> yeah. That's you know, right. I was like fascinated, you know, and I tell people this is a joke. You know the movie um, Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah. You've seen the movie where he goes yeah. to, to Christmas Town and he's like, what is this? What is this? Mm-hmm. When he sees the gifts and... I said, that's me. That that was me. That's me in life. That's every person who's, well, it should be every person who leaves, uh, you know, uh, 
in an extremist thinking or an organization or a cult or a family who, you know, force you to believe things that maybe you don't believe, right? Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, it's about, like, seeing the world. It's about having moments with the people that you love. Just trying to be a decent person, trying to give love, trying to give your help where you can, trying to be a good and decent person and teaching that to your children. It, it could be much simpler. And I, it's, it's like, that's my long-winded answer, Chris. <laughs> no, it's a great but, one. Uh, what, what people should be doing yeah. is enjoying moments of your life. You don't need to be a perfect person. You don't need to be free of sin. You don't need to be, you just need to be trying and yeah. allow yourself to grieve and allow yourself to know that you're not perfect and that's okay. You deserve happiness. You deserve to to be happy. You don't deserve punishment and a life of pain and agony. Couldn't have put it better myself. That was that was wonderful. Okay, good. Probably yes. the best interview I've ever given. <laughs> well, thank you. That was awesome. I, I, I really, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. And, uh, Listen, you have been a friend to me. You don't even really know me. <laughs> and anytime I've asked you for your help, you've been there. And, mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, this is a small group of people. Yeah. But a, but a mighty group. That's right. And, uh, you know, with the help of, of people who support you and me and Mike and Mark and Claire and Mary Kahn and, um, you know, from our last season, you know, people willing to talk about their ranch and the horrible things mm-hmm. that happened to them, Miriam and Sina, you know, it, it, it just, it's these people willing to talk and, the, and the, the support that they receive from people they don't know and people that they do know. Um, you know, it just means so much. So, you know, you, you've helped me. A lot of your listeners have helped me and others. So, you awesome. know, to you all, I say thank you, really, because I couldn't do and Mike couldn't do what we do without the support, this network of support that we have. Awesome. Thank you again, Leah, and we definitely look forward to season three. Thank you, my love. Absolutely. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Sensibly Speaking podcast with Leah Remini. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, good, bad, or sideways, leave it in the comment section on my YouTube channel or at sensiblyspeaking.com. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.